1: Are you PNLP? This is the Premier Non-League Podcast.
2: Episode 52 of the Premier Non-League Podcast starts now. Um, Trevor, we've got a problem tonight, haven't we?
1: We we have because have. Do, do I smell virtually or something? We're
2: looking a bit, sorry to say, a bit like Southampton
1: United, but a bit
2: deceitful. Yeah, I know. I mean, they've just been all pulling out throughout the day. There's got like some injury lists coming on. So we've got manager sacking Sunday yesterday. Now we've got um, PNLP. Clearing um, what, Monday. What? PNLP, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Monging off Monday or something like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, can't do that. But, um,. Trev, it's um good to be back. I, I know you missed me last week. You couldn't help but talk about me in the podcast when I was editing it, could you? Well, it happens, doesn't it? If
1: you miss yeah, a week,
2: you get yeah, talked about that's how it goes. Yeah, yeah, get So, I mean, saying that, um, Pete and um, sorry, Pete and Chris may be coming on to the podcast later. They're just sort of held up in personal life at the moment, They we might see them drop in at the moment, um, and gaz's little child's not very well so we will let him off for that i mean he does call me the part-timer and trevor had to correct me because he gives me abuse every time it's like pocket or black normally if isn't it
1: yeah <laughs> yeah
2: but i can't really snag him off his kids on well tonight but anyway 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 um we'll get on to our usual bits and bobs in a bit um but i don't know if you remember um well Trevor will remember a few few months Trevor, trev was it before the end of the last season i think we had this gentleman on yeah uh yeah it was right towards the end of the season um and we had a little sort of chinwaggery. As you remember, Trev's blog, uh, footballwriting.co.uk, used to sponsor our podcast, and we used to have his font and logo on it. And, um, you know, he, he he supported us for a bit when we started out, and we haven't had anyone since. But we had a good idea because this gentleman is doing some great things in the world of especially non-league football, but hopefully football overall. Um, Ross Butterfield from Tackle This Together um he's about to come on the line but trev we, we sort of came up with an idea didn't we, we thinking well why not sort of help promote him a little bit more as we know he's a fan of the podcast and you know we're a fan of his and his work and we thought why not have his name and the charity on our podcast for a bit didn't we
1: yeah absolutely Ross came to our live show we did last march as well up at um portion Resort, which was where we first met and found out about what tackle tacklers together was was all about and uh i've done a couple of pieces i think on my blog as well just to Put it put it out there because it's such an important topic these days that people don't still don't talk about it's still a bit not not quite taboo but something that people aren't comfortable with.
2: Yeah, and um, it's had a lot of traction over the summer, especially. And we thought, you know, why not? We'll donate our sponsorship channels to uh, Ross and Tackle This together. Without further ado, Ross joins us. Uh, I guess you could be our honorary guest tonight because no one else has bothered turning up, Ross. So if you
0: want to hang around, you're very welcome to. I know you know a bit about non-league, so there we go. Ross, how are we doing, mate? I'm good. I pretend to know a bit about non-league. I'm very good. And um, listen, to start off with, thank you um, for the support. That you've given so far and for that lovely gesture. I'm um, really, really grateful. So thank you very much. Well,
2: see, it's a charity that, we you know, we thinks very important. You know, when you came on uh, the podcast earlier in the year, we had a, got good feedback. And uh, I think you're bringing attention to a subject that isn't well talked about, especially in the game of non-league football, as we said before, which is sort of people don't feel comfortable about talking about these issues. And we thought, you know what, you're a local guy to us always. You know, you, you're you up in um, the Horsham area, aren't you? And uh, I think you are anyway. I know you, you know, yeah, a Broadbridge fan yeah, yeah. and everything like that. So, um, and we thought, why not, you know, Trev, I, Gareth, P, Okay, Chris is up north. I mean, we know we want to, you want to launch track all this together north sometimes. So I'm sure he can help you with that. But um, yeah, just remind the guys who may, might be listening for the first time to a podcast what the charity is about mainly.
0: Yes, indeed. Yeah, so um, I've been involved in grassroots for over 30 years as a player and a coach and involved in the running of clubs as well. And, and during that period of time, um, and I guess more so recently, I realized that there wasn't enough to being done with grass to, so regards, regards to awareness around mental health and wellbeing in the grassroots game and about yeah. mental health issues, which as you mentioned is a really important topic. Um, and at times there wasn't really enough support and sometimes no support. I had some situations of my own that I went through that raised that even more so for myself and then some players around me in the club that I was involved in as well. And so I decided, well, you know, something needs to be done about this. So I launched Tackle This Together. It took about two to three years to get to to where we've got to. And we have now officially launched as a not-for-profit. And the idea around Tackle This Together is sort of four key pillars, which is to raise the awareness, support, education and conversation around mental health and well-being within grassroots football. And the way we're doing that, is really importantly by having someone within the grassroots club someone physically there who can support people around this matter and we do that by running training courses um, mental health first aid training courses in partnership with mental health first aid england and also we've just launched a mental health awareness course which is aimed at coaches and managers um, and it's only a four hour course done virtually so that they can become mental health aware when they're managing or coaching players. And hopefully as well, that gives them a new life skill that they might not have already that they can use in work, around the home, you know, out and about with their mates. Um, so that's kind of the mission um, is to work with all 17,000 grassroots clubs in the country, which equates to over 13 million people playing every week through those clubs. Um, to provide that physical support. Um, And where we've kind of evolved as well since we last spoke is the after support that Tackle This Together will give um, clubs as well, um, so that we're not just running a training programme that someone goes on and then is left on their own in the club. To take that out to the players, we'll actively support them via a programme moving forward so that they get our constant assistance and support to complete those sort of four key pillar missions.
1: Yeah, How's the re- response been, Ross, has, it, has, it, has a lot of clubs come to you? Have you gone to as many yeah. at the moment?
0: Um, it's been phenomenal. Um, it could be a full-time job, really? <laughs> quite frankly, and I'd probably say the key areas where it's been um, really, really positive is that everyone we talk to agrees that this is an absolute no-brainer. You know, especially with the fact that there isn't anything um, the same as this being done. There are other um, support mechanisms in grassroots football um, around raising awareness for mental health and well-being, and some great other uh, campaigns and initiatives associated to football. Um, but some of those are um, sort of providing resource. And uh, a website and uh, information documents, leaflets, signposting, which is super important and really, really helpful. But what we're obviously trying to do is have that physical presence there. and that will make um, really a great impact. So everyone we've spoken to has been like, yes, this is this is perfect for for the game. Um, and the clubs I've spoken to, we've had clubs committed on the upcoming courses. Um, when we talk to people like yourselves, they're so supportive of it. I've even had conversations with the FA. I've had some conversations with pro clubs about getting their support as well. And um, yeah, quite frankly, no one seems to sort of knock it back. The one thing I would say, though, is it's all great. Everyone's talking about how good it is. But now the action needs to happen. And we need to get more clubs committed to coming on board, having someone at their club trained by us um and then receiving our after support um and that's really where that momentum needs to happen now because that's great um but we want to have that impact um and we and we want to do that as quick as possible fantastic
2: um if i think you've also sponsored broadbridge Chief this season uh
0: that's yeah. um that's a
2: new so how did that um sponsorship come around
0: yeah i mean again that kind of links to the last point you raised um you know when we talk to people they love the initiative and I approached Macron. Um and you know Andrea in, in Macron head office in Italy was just so supportive of what what we're trying to achieve. Um so um he then also spoke to Dave over at Macron Hastings and they came together and kindly um offered to support us um so that we could be the sponsors of Broadbach who have Macron kit. And um, they basically supplied the funding so that we could be the uh, main shirt sponsor for the away kits and for the player tracksuits. So that's really important for us because it's giving us that awareness on the pitch in front of other teams, in front of other supporters. And then the players obviously wearing their tracksuits to games, away from games and uh, training and, um, you know, so on behalf of macron a huge thank you for that and they have continued to be a great support and we're actually working with them um moving forward um as as people come on our training course and they qualify um even if it's a mental health awareness course they're then supplied by macron with a uh, a shirt that sort of signposts them in their club as to who they are and what their qualification is to hopefully again raise a bit more awareness so um, yeah that's great
2: yeah um i mean has anyone sort of, have you had any inquiries from the sponsor of Broadbridge Heath and like you've seen it on the sponsorship and stuff like that? Have you, have you? I mean, obviously it's a proud moment for yourself to see that on you, you know, the team you support on the touchline with their away shirt. And, yeah. you know, obviously you, I'm sure you wear the gear when you're down at the
0: games, but uh, have you had any sort of back from
2: this sponsorship agreement? Yeah,
0: I mean, I think, you know, all, all these kind of scenarios, um, I get a lot of people talking to me about it when I'm there and asking me. And um, obviously from it we had PR, and from the PR, yes, you know we've had other clubs come forward. um, The same with regards to this very podcast. And the last time I appeared on it, it was within 24 hours of being on the podcast, so I had five or six um, inquiries via the website from from clubs asking, yeah, how do we get involved? So you know that just. The power of cool. this situation, so, and that's the same with the PR that we got from
2: Sheath. Well, that's just increased my and trev's ego. So, thank you for that.
0: <laughs> there you go, now, that's sure, yeah. no, no, that's no,
2: but it's the feedback. That's the feedback we like. You know, obviously we we've done this podcast for a good couple of years now. We've just obviously hit our fiftieth really nice. episode. Yeah. Three years, there we go. Hit our fiftieth episode. And uh, you know, we we do get good feedback on social media, but it's nice to see that, you know, that you know it's being listened to and it's it's helping other people out. So hopefully this little sponsor with you now for the next season is gonna be fantastic and get some more out. I mean, as I said to you as a joke on email, if you want to put a good word in with Macron and get us some uh, you know, Premier Non-League podcast branded, tackle this together, I think that would work really well, don't you, step. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I mean,
1: if you think the amount of games I get out to Ross and you know the places I go from step one all the way to six and that. Oh look, he's trying to get a freebie now. Look
2: at him. He's already got, a P- he got. He's already. He's already got a Punjab United top. Yeah, I yeah. you know he said, uh, like, yeah. have, have
1: <laughs> no.
0: the the what's what ours? I Trev, I send it tomorrow.
1: Superb! <laughs> look at that sea <laughs> service. Uh, as as we said off air, I,
2: I could wear it around the world, mate. Forget Trev and his local Sussex yeah, football. You, you know the job I do, I could get it around the world. Forget him. I'm the big shot here. You know. Uh, there we go. No, double um, order on but, its way yeah, but, but, yeah. yeah. I thought we we're going to say double XL. there i was going to say watch out yeah <laughs> cheeky cheeky, cheeky. <laughs> there we go um no fantastic Trev, you were going to lead on from that comment mate
1: yeah i was just going to say Ross, obviously we saw last week you were up at crystal palace um yes. well, i've seen for from meeting with them about obviously tackle this together have you managed to get round a few more pro clubs did you have to go to them did they come to you
0: No, so that was an approach direct to them that I've taken. So the sort of scenario we're looking at there is that we do work with grassroots and non-league. That's the point of Tackle This Together. I mentioned on the podcast when I came on last time that the pro clubs are looking after their academies and they've got some great things in place for those players who don't make it. But, you know, that's a very small percentage of players in the men and women's game. So... My idea is that Tackle This Together starts from the bottom up and has that 13.5 million people who play grassroots football getting the support. Now, I also felt, though, that the pro clubs could potentially support the initiative, and their foundations work closely with grassroots clubs in their area, so why not partner with that pro club in certain areas, and they can hopefully come forward and, and help work with the grassroots clubs um, in their area. So uh, Palace was actually the first meeting. Um, it was really kind of them. They came forward straight away as soon as I approached them, really supportive of having a meeting, um, met the foundation, Palace for Life, had a really positive conversation and, and they've gone away to have a think as to the different ways we could potentially work together. And that has now given me that initiative to now um, repeat that with other clubs, uh, the likes of Brighton, near, near to home, et cetera. Um, and, and reach out to them and hopefully some of them will be able to come on board and you know w- what we're not looking to do is to go into the pro club and support them we're asking for them to support the grassroots team within their post areas that they would look after um, so it was a really really interesting meeting really positive to be able to um, come away from it thinking Again, this initiative obviously is doing great things because they're interested, they want to talk, they want to have that conversation. So um, the next step is um, to follow up with a few other clubs that we've reached out to, pro clubs who are considering having a chat and see where they go from
2: that was That's my next question the really next is. steps
1: but obviously short term yeah. you need to answer that in one
2: we'll go well, well Trevor the next step needs to be to get in touch with Charlton of because if you're going to go into Palace we need to get a decent self on the football team <laughs> like in the past anyway <laughs> very nice very, very nice
0: very um, nice Yeah.
2: No, it's fantastic. It's fantastic to hear that, you know, like I think, you know, we we said it, didn't we, Trevor? Like when, even when we spoke off air after we recorded the last podcast with you, that, um, you know, this has got ground and it's going to, it's going to go places. And it's nice to see that, you know, it's pr- predominantly for, as you say, grassroots and, you know, non-league football. But, you know, it's, there's a space in the game for everyone and every club and every level you're at, because, you know, sometimes you think, you know, the higher you get you know, the more lonely it could be at the top. You know, it's like any job you go into or, you know, you've got these footballers and you know, they might progress from grassroots all the way up. You know, successful, we've seen them at Worthing and stuff like that progress higher yes. up and the struggles I mean, with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, have you seen, funnily enough, we're sharing it tomorrow on our social media. We're going to do a piece on it. The um, big Ange from Tottenham, I don't know if you saw, it's been going around the internet, um, uh, a clip from a press conference that he had at the weekend talking about exactly this and exactly to your point you know that these are humans at the end of the day and there are mental health issues and situations that they're all going through um yes they are pro footballers and you know it definitely takes some time to watch this clip because he summarizes it really really well and you're right this is the thing you know it's you know men's women's game that we're working in Everyone has all their different things going on in life. And I actually believe that one of the really important things of doing this is that within football, a sort of grassroots level player, you play for as a volunteer for fun at most levels. But everyone at most levels of grassroots who's involved is a volunteer and they have families and they have jobs Mm. and they have other responsibilities. So this isn't just player focused because it's actually a lot of the time, the people who are running those football clubs that could potentially need this support as well, because they have a hell of a lot going on in their lives. And mm. yes, yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter which level of non-league football, grassroots football it is, whether it's up to Worthing's level or Dorking's level, this still qualifies for that. And you're right then in, into the, into the pro game as well. And it's, it's Take it away from football, you know, again, uh, Roman Kemp was on TV last week talking about the need for um, and he's actually driving a campaign towards the government about the need for every school to have mental health support um, and a mental Mm -hmm. health officer within every single school in the country and I'm not 100% sure I can remember the statistic. I think it's around 36% that the government said that they're going to drive towards as a target by the end of 2025 and his point is why not 100%? You know, Every school should have a mental health officer by that point. Why hold back to 36%? And that's exactly the same philosophy that I have in grassroots football. We have it on our website. Our impact goals are by 2025 to work with 10,000 grassroots football clubs. Um, and then by 2028, we want to see someone physically within every single grassroots club trained within mental health awareness or mental health first aid. And, you know, that will then have an impact on many people's lives every week through football.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's great to say, I mean, I was interviewing a footballer in the last couple of weeks um, that had had signed a pro contract. It hadn't gone right for him. He'd been banded around on loan and then treated really badly by his parent club through different owners and stuff. And you could just tell, he obviously didn't really want to open up, but you could just tell by looking at his eyes and, you know, his body language how Mm -hmm. a thing that he thought, I mean, he was, he's a fantastic player and he's going to be fantastic. He just needs a bit of step back to go forward again, but he, it really sort of got to me and my uh, my co-podcast creators about how it affected him when we touched on it. And he started looking at the floor and, you know, something wasn't right there and the sort of way his body language was saying, and it's amazing to think, you know, the dream, they've been sold the dream. They, you know, Mm -hmm. they've gone up and, you know, and then they're obviously treated really badly and made to be the full guy. And from what I understand Mm -hmm. from various conversations, this guy was bad mouthed all over the club, called all sorts and stuff because, but he wasn't getting the support he needed. And, you know, if you'd had the support channels in place that you're trying to put in, there might have been a completely different story there.
0: Yeah, 100 percent And and that's a really good point with regards to the fact that I mentioned earlier the pro clubs are doing great stuff for the players that are within the pro clubs, they have mental health first aiders, they have mental health support, um, and they're supporting the academy players. And um actually I was um in a session last week with Stephen Calker who set up some a fantastic initiative for academy players um as they fall out of the academies. Um and um Stephen Reed is also involved from Nottingham Forest. Um and um I, I was fortunate enough to be in that session and I actually I, I was talking to them and, and saying, well, what we actually hopefully can do through tackle this together is kind of actually um sort of have that bridge between pro and non league on this matter. Because if the support's in there in the pro game, um, that's all very well. But they've already, you know, they're at, they're at the pro game. They've got there. They've gone through all that academy system. They've gone through all the pressures of grassroots football at a higher level. They've then gone into a pro team. Then, then they get that support. So why not have that support within non-league, within grassroots? So that yeah. there, there are ways that we can then prepare these players when they're at a grassroots level and a non-league level when they do get into the pro game, because of, you know, as a, as a grassroots and non league player, you're still going to uh, suffer rejection or work with a manager who's not selecting you and you don't have the best relationship with. So, and these are the things that happen in the pro game when they get there. So, yeah, hopefully we can, you know, implement something as well with the likes of those guys, maybe where we sort of are that bridge in the middle as well. Yeah, well, we look forward. But well, obviously,
2: now being the official sponsor of the Premier non League podcast, we'll get you on throughout the season, and uh, you know, get some updates from you and how it's all going. Because it's it's great to see, and it's great to be able to support a charity like yourself. So thanks for giving us the opportunity to put your name to our podcast. I um, mean, yeah, look forward to you. seeing it. And uh, just on final thing, how Broadbridge Heath doing? You happy? Yeah,
0: yeah, it's been a mixed start. New league. Season. New league promotion last year, having won the league, the step from county, you know, into Isthmian is obviously um, greater than you would just expect from one step up. Um, I was talking to Trev earlier, and you know, saying that I think a lot changes, you know, um, from travel distances. The amount of coaches you can have on the bench, the amount of subs you're using, all these things that you get used to taking advantage of, you know, the five subs, for example, Um, you know, we've not had uh, great success in the beginning of the season in the Cups um but there was a certain cup game at Union. Lansing wasn't there that
2: was uh, that was a pretty uh, impressive uh, game for one certain team in red wasn't it yeah
1: well
0: i mean how how he didn't that falls, win that game that go falls uh, that falls under pre-season doesn't it Trent? oh here I we go
2: yeah i don't think arsenal are counting their charity shield <laughs> as a pre-season game so uh, i won't yeah. count
0: our win uh, as a pre-season listen you know what well what can we say um what a goal um, anyway, <laughs> um, yes, yeah, you're right. <laughs> how, how how hadn't we won it by that point? I guess you could God, say, but I think it yeah, was the energy and you know,
2: uh, fitness. I think it's what it. I think we're yeah, running exactly. out of steam, yeah. yeah.
0: So, you know, an amazing result away at the weekend, winning 4 0 is exactly what we needed. Um, and when you put that in the mix with a with few draws that we've had, you know, um, it's not looking so bad, and no. um, it's you new. Know, we've got some coaches who've joined the coaching team. Um, everyone at the club, we're having to get used to that level of fruit for, for everything you've got to do. We've got to obviously to get the upgrades as well for the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot happening mm-hmm. and, in a short period of time. But um, great squad, Simo and Storrow, as always, doing great things um, on the touchline and, and who they're bringing in. And um, fingers crossed, you know, maybe it's not a bad thing to be out of a few cups because we can focus on, you know, staying yeah, in the league. The league and, yeah. and yeah so yeah re- really um looking forward to where we go with that so yeah fantastic and ross
2: just before you go what just tell us all your social and contact details if anyone wants to get in touch
0: yeah so it is tackle this for the website and the same for all of the social handles whether that's youtube instagram facebook uh twitter is tackle this to t-o um as it has to be shortened there and we're always putting content out with regards to football about mental health well-being you know it's not just about mental health and well-being we we are a football channel as well we're you know sharing football stories and highlights and conversations and um you know yeah also we've got our next um mental health awareness courses will be going live on the website later this week um for the october and november courses for any coaches who'll be interested
2: Fantastic. Ross, thank you again. Thanks for letting us uh, letting us put our name to your
0: fantastic team. No, chart. I really appreciate that.
2: And um, we look forward to speaking here in the season. We'll speak to you soon, right.
0: Thank you very much. I'm off to uh, email Macron to uh, organise some some co-tips then, yeah? I'll there get we with go. That. Yeah,
2: that's yeah. That. Fantastic. That That's the task for next time. Otherwise, you're not allowed on, yeah? See you later. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a, have <laughs> Take have care, a good mate. podcast. See
0: you thanks, later. Buddy.
1: Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewellery experts are available 24-7 to help, from
0: fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. dot com.
2: see you, mate. Bye-bye. There you go, Trevor. We've had uh, we've got at least six listeners then, haven't we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we've
1: got at least that's, six that's, listeners. That's really nice to hear, though, that people got in touch with them off the back of listening to the podcast. Whether it's people mm. who are regular listeners or people who had heard about it, it's in the socials that we put out as well. It's nice, good to see.
2: Yeah, it's, it's it's one of those that like, you know, it's you know, I take that from two sides, you know, it's amazing that people are actually listening to the podcast and the interview, which is we know people are but you know, when you get that feedback it's fantastic, you know, because we do get our regulars on social media that are fantastic. We thank you all for your kind words all the time. But, you know, not necessarily people might not necessarily be on social media that are listening to the podcast. And you know, they've obviously we've helped that and I just hope us linking up with Ross and tackle this together. Will be a, a fantastic partnership for both of us because you know we we are carrying a steam name and a charity that's doing fantastic things in the world of us, grassroots and non-league football, and it's helping you know him pr- promote the charity a bit.
1: Absolutely, yeah, it's gonna be a, be a nice little partnership between us, and it I think it's nice as well. They're quite local to us, um, as yeah. well, based where four of us are in Sussex anyway. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Be quite
2: good I, I think we just need branch. to get him, Chris, to sort out the northern branch, don't we? Yeah. I think we'll once we get him out. sort of the northern branch, we'll get him up there and he can do tackle this together. Nor if he could be their representative.
1: <laughs>
2: right, Trevor, I think it's time to crack on to the usual business. Um, where have you been these past couple of weeks, then? What have you been watching? Obviously, Barnet were top. They're now third from what I see, aren't yeah. they? After, was that a loss on the weekend?
1: Yeah, a loss on the weekend to to Rochdale. I haven't had a chance to watch the highlights. Yeah, From what ones. you've read disappointing? Um a little bit, yeah. We were a bit naive, I think, defending wise, we've got ourselves back into the game very well. But um I watched I watched the Dean Brennan's post match on Saturday evening, and as you said, there's no time to dwell on it. We play play Tuesday night again at home to all the shots, so you haven't got time to worry about it. Park it, deal with it, and then get on to the next one.
2: Yeah, no, it's um it's it's definitely um well, you can't really start making predictions right now can you it's kind of you've got to wait another month or so when the sort of there starts to be a little bit but you pleased for what you've seen so far
1: yeah absolutely I mean um you know 19 we've well, we got 19 points so far from nine games I think this this time last year we had 13 or 15 something like that so we're, we're in mm. front of ourselves um from from last year which is you know which is which is a good sign but like you Always say you know, nothing's nothing's won yet. These are the foundations you put in place to get yourselves into into a good position for the rest of the season as well. There's a few sides well underneath us, you know, not performing at the moment, and you think that they it's not going. To, you know, they're not going to stay down there that long. But it's a long season. We're nine games nine games into 46 games. Yeah, well, we
2: can yeah. say it's sort of about the conference itself and such. We'll move on to Worthing and stuff in a minute. But you know, look, teams like Yeovil and Torquay that got off to an awful start this season, they're now pushing their ways up. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, is it settling into the league? And, you know, as you say, some teams that aren't maybe in and around at the moment, it'll be there by Christmas or it will change by Christmas for all leagues.
1: Oh, I absolutely can. I mean, Hartlepool and Rochdale have started better than a lot of relegated sides who have done in the National League. But Hartlepool, Hartlepool came across her on Saturday. Chance mm-hmm. to turn it around again Tuesday. As you said in the National League South as well. Um, there's a few sides that surprised surprised me that haven't started well and still haven't hit anything like you know, approaching mediocre, you know, medium medium to good form. So it's just such a long season and I think so long as so long as you've started all right, you've kept yourselves in contention and you're there or thereabouts, which is where you want to be over the next two or three months. Then you put yourself in a, in a good place come, come November to push on for the second half of the season.
2: I mean, I just can't believe it's we're, we're already coming to the end of September. Like when we net record our next podcast, I think it will be October. So,
1: you know, I've been
2: out. You know, I've been out tonight in a committee meeting at Worthing, and uh, it's been. Uh, it, I just had to put a jacket on. It was really like that. That thunder and lightning has really taken the heat out of the air, and it's kind of like oh, don't know why I put my shorts on. I'm trying to hold on to as much summer as I can.
1: It's It's been bizarre though, hasn't it? We've, we've had two Saturdays with really warm temperatures to watch football in. And I mean, tomorrow night, as we record on a Monday, I'll still be heading to Barnet in Shorts. But you know that come 10 o'clock by the time the added time's finished and the whistle's closed and everything, it's going to be a little bit chilly. But, you know, at the start of the evening, there's a chance the temperatures are going to be still in their early 20s, you know, as you arrive at half six, quarter to
2: seven. 100%. yes, yeah, 100%. It's... um. We had that Indian summer, if we're allowed to call it. I think Pete was saying, are we allowed to call it that anymore? I've, I've always called it an Indian summer, but I don't know if some will take offence to that somewhere. But uh, it's an Indian summer to me. There's no offensive terms there. I don't know why. I don't really know where that term, terminology came from, Indian summer.
1: No, I, it's always... Been it's always hot in India. <laughs> yeah, yeah, isn't it? I suppose yeah. it's, it's always been associated with random random weeks of hot weather when it's not mm. supposed to be. So I guess mm. there's probably some proverb or something like something that. Something somewhere, somewhere, back.
2: somewhere. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure there's some wise owl know somewhere. Let us know if you hear and tweet about it. Tell us where it comes from or give us link us an article of the history of it. Uh, you went to see Stenning versus Maidstone in the FA Cup at the weekend and uh, you did put on your Twitter, could we be expecting a shock here? Um, there wasn't a shock. I mean, they got a goal. Uh, how does Stenning
1: play? Really well. Really well. I spoke to um, their manager, Kevin Green, uh, during the week on my own podcast. Um, I thought, Cracking time actually to get him on. Um, I've watched watched them already once this year away at Arundel. Uh, one division gap between them. Played played really well. Beat Arundel I think five five one or five nil that night. Um, but it was a no really good afternoon. And um, I you know Maidstone needed to be professional when um, you know no disrespect again, but the difference in step five and step two. The stadiums right. Maidstone are used to going to, and you know coming to somewhere like that, you've got to be the most professional team in the in the land and you know credit to them they did it although they had a bit of a scare just before half time though standing standing pulled one back and three minutes later fingertips of lucas kovalen stopped it being 2-2 otherwise going in could have been a different too, result yeah which, yeah could have been could have been but you know they weren't they they certainly didn't didn't disgrace themselves the full-time fitness i think showed towards the end as well because Maidstone could ping that ball around a little bit a little bit easier but you know, there were two or three players I thought played really well for standing on the day. And um, they've won one five out of five league games so far. They've obviously got the FA Vars to come as well. So um, I think they'll be in for a cracking season. In the the great good season. 1,135 there. Just mm-hmm. need two or three percent of those to come back and watch the league games on top of their average, which I think is about 125. And, you know, that will make all the difference. Well, it what could
2: be a similar, similar thing to what happened to Littlehampton. And sadly, yeah. you've seen a lot tail off there now. But you obviously, when you get big sort of cup ties, you do get the casuals going and, you know, from the town. But, you know, as you say, it's it's from walking distance from the town centre in Stenning, you can easily get there. Uh, you know, if you are listening to this and you've sort of listened to Got the Love for Non-League after watching your local team Stenning play, made, so then why not go along to some more Stenning games, support the club? Um, It's just, you'll love football. You'll love that sort of level of football. And as you know, I went to see... Arundel, which are in the same uh, county league as um, Stenning, am I right in saying? No, one below. One below. And I I mean, as you know, I've been to Arundel with you before and, you know, I really enjoyed it. It's so nice to actually go something completely different from what I'm used to in the National League South with Worthing. And, you know, the Arundel game, they beat Forest Row 4-0 with 10 men. Some very questionable refereeing decisions, which later transpired. I don't know if it had anything to do with that. And I'm I'm not going being said for libel here. This is just rumour before anyone wants to get all funny with me. But apparently, uh, the referee asked for his dad to get in for free on the list. And the club obviously said no. And uh, it was only six quid. And apparently, he threw his toys out the pram. Whether really? that's true or not, I don't know. But, you okay, know, maybe, maybe that's why there was a red card shown to a decision that shouldn't have been a red card. But... Um, the bench, the, I've never seen a bet. I mean, it was ridiculous. Like we, there, there was two tackles, two high foots. Um, Forest Rocha had someone sent off about 10 minutes early. He got a caution, yellow card. Uh, the bench were absolutely up in arms. Like one of the, one of the coaches went and booted the, uh, physio bag because they were so angry. It was a definite red card. Very, very similar challenge. The other side of the pitch, about 10 minutes later, red card straight away and you're like how and you know the Lino wasn't doing anything and you know I, as you know on this podcast we're always one of these people to defend referees but you know where it's due you've got to be consistent because two very similar tackles and one the red and one i mean luckily it didn't affect them because they won four nil and they played amazingly that he was like forest row had the 10 men but you can't be doing that you can't be doing that and you've got to have some consistent we've seen it a few times this season now, i know the refs are under a lot of pressure but you know, does that does that little uh, ticket thing have play in the back of his mind when he's uh, when he's making a decision? I Who don't knows,
1: know. Eh? Who, knows? That's, Who knows? That's one of those things. I mean, the the, the um, where was I this week? I I was at VCD and Glebe in the Southern Counties East Premier Division on the Tuesday night last week, and um, I remember I remember I said, Good week ago. I think the referee was the referee and both lines were fairly fairly good. there wasn't too much. Um, there was a, there, there was quite a bit of um, what's the word? I don't want to say banter because it wasn't really, but a lot of a lot of decisions being questioned. And I think he stood up to him fairly well. The guys at the weekend, I would assume, and I don't know for sure that they were somewhere around National League South referees. I'd have thought they would have needed to have had to. To be able to referee them, but um, there was only I think I picked up on a couple of things that I didn't think were right. Funny enough, the first goal I thought was a foul. It was actually at my end of the pitch, and it looked like one. Watching the replay back, it definitely wasn't. Um, nice. So the referee actually got that one right. Booked booked a Maidstone player for, kick, for kicking the ball away as is per the law. The only thing I think he he didn't pick up on was there was one where a Maidstone player stood in front of the ball, blocking the free kick, which is a yellow card. Now, if I, if I was a standing player, I'd have thought a bit quicker and kicked it at in Referees then got to make a decision and yeah. a bit of shirt pulling, which I find is commonplace in the National League these days. And that's the next thing they really need to cut yeah. out as well is the, you know, yeah. trying to wear the other geezer's shirt before the game's finished. But yeah. you know, generally, I think the last few weeks I've seen, I haven't come across a bad one. Whether I end up with, with one tomorrow night at Barnet or, or wherever I go next weekend, <laughs> You know, well, thank, thank God, thank
2: God, Pete's not here because he'll be going on about his bloody Averley referee again, <laughs> won't he?
1: He
2: went on about that on the Bull Yell podcast, but we did probe him for it. Um, but you know, it's—I mean, it's—it's it's a hard job. I don't envy any of those referees, but you know, I mean, I, I look at it, and if it's true about this whole getting his dad in, I mean, fair enough. But it's six quid. It's supporting a grassroots football club. Come on, six quid is nothing. I know we're in a cost of living crisis, and it might not be, but surely if you follow your son around, he's refereeing. I'm sure he could afford even his son could pay for his dad to come in. I mean, come on, like six quid is nothing. You're not like asking twenty quid. No, but you a bit know different
1: as well. He's not one of the players' dads.
2: No, exactly. It's it's yeah, a referee's a part of dad. Yeah, but yeah. But hey, that's is what it is. Um it's all rumour before anyone wants to get funny with me or anyone on this podcast, it is all rumour, but it's quite funny when you hear these stories go around non-league clubs only
1: a non-league mate
2: only a non-league yeah non-league yeah well but, to be fair, would a premier league referee be able to get his dad in like you know if he went up to like the secretary at Chelten or you know well, that's not premier league I shouldn't say that or Spurs let's say if he went up to a club secretary said my dad can he come in free maybe they would let him but like you know
1: I you know to be fair I don't know how it works because obviously the, the players at clubs get so many comps don't they yeah so whether match officials are allowed comps or not whether that's considered a bias or something like that because you know i mean say so yeah say for example you know the, the guy's refereeing at spurs and you know he's allowed to bring five of his family and long as he's going to go well do you know what i'm going to give him a little bit Tottenham's way a bit more Tottenham's way because they've looked after me i don't know I'd imagine yeah. maybe probably... they're not
2: allowed because it's like no, biasless yeah, yeah i wouldn't be surprised yeah.
1: yeah i'd say probably if they do want to go and watch they got to pay but China. But I mean, for China's six
2: quid, money. mate, six quid. I, I mean, it yeah. really winded me up. I and mean, if it is true, it's pathetic. So if you're listening to this referee, get your pocket out and pay you next time <laughs> you go. Uh, anyway, right, moving on. Um, FA Cup, Worthing uh, progressed, uh, and uh, from what I wasn't there, as you know, obviously I was at East. But uh, um. Arundel, uh, they played eSport, and to be fair shout out to Arundel, because they did come over to us uh, you guys from the Premier Non-League podcast uh, me, Chris Biggs, who isn't, uh, he's one of my friends um, and Paul Gray, and you you know them, Trevor from Worthing, but uh, yeah. we had a good old chat, and they said, oh thanks for coming along really appreciate it, so it's nice when you get recognised and I wasn't after a freebie shirt like Trev, but you know <laughs> I didn't ask for
1: one, I just, no I you know didn't. Yeah, you didn't, yeah you
2: were giving it I know, you were giving it, I'm, I'm, just, just, joshing I'm with just
1: famous you. James, that's how just goes, joshing
2: right? with you uh, famous in non-league mate, famous go, friends so. Yeah, there we go, friend, friend, friend. <laughs> um, but um, from what I understand, I didn't miss much at Eastbourne. I don't think the manager was best pleased. Adam Hinchwood. he kind of stormed off the pitch after it was a one nil win, and it's going. There's a clip of our goalkeeper Rocco Reese going a bit viral all over the internet at the moment. If uh, we were joking, if Soccer AM was still around, I think he would have been on that this week because uh, he made kind of a a, a t- He tipped it against the post, which then bounced off into the literal open goal. For uh, one of Eastbourne's players, somehow Rocco jumped like a starfish, saved it, and then saved it again. I mean, the player Eastbourne player would be kicking himself, and selfishly, I'm kicking myself because I wanted to go and see them tomorrow night because I can. <laughs> but I'd rather be in the next round of the hat when we've got Whitehawk in a Sussex derby, which are uh, uh, two leagues below us, aren't they? This me and South East, I think uh, they are one below. Oh, are they in the Eastman yeah, Prem now. Yeah, oh, they yeah, in the yeah. Prem now. Okay, yeah. good. Fair. Oh, yeah, they got promoted, didn't they? So there you go. Yeah. Call myself and on league podcast. I can't even remember oh, what no, leagues I'm they're shopping. in. Two, two leagues. Aaron do that, but um, that should be a very interesting game. I would say that would be an interesting one. Um, you know, don't want to don't want to sit here waving it all around, but you know, massive opportunity to work in to get to the fourth qualifying round, and then after that, it's round one, isn't it, Trevor? Am I right? No, no
1: four qualifying rounds when the national league clubs come in.
2: Oh yeah, then the national league club comes in. Well, it's the fourth when the national league comes in, Yeah. and I mean, then after that is it round one. Round yeah, three, so yeah. we've we're basically we beat Whitehawk if we do get a national league club. Possibly imagine a nice little tie against Barnet. That'd be quite you fun, wouldn't, wouldn't it?
1: Want to play us at the moment, mate. What floor would
2: you? Oh, mate, with uh, with Danny Cashman in attack and uh, Ricky Aguiar and everything, we'll smash um, it. We
1: have we have the national league top goal scorer at the moment, so.
2: It'd be an interesting game, to be fair. But I mean, I, I'd like. I mean, you'd like to get, take one of those teams that are sort of struggling in the national league. I mean, is that when it goes national as well? So we, or is it still regional teams? Well,
1: I think it's still regional until it used to be until at least the second round. But I'm sure last time when we got through, yeah, last year we had Appington away in the first round proper. Of so I think it's just yeah,
2: like, yeah, it goes yeah, so like qualify round. Yeah. I mean, it'd be it'd be lovely to get South Shields. That'd be a, that'd be a way to. Uh, to meet up with Chris, wouldn't it worth investing? Self, shows
1: they get Leak Town away? In the Leak Town game. away, yeah. There weren't. I must admit, there weren't too many ties that actually stuck out a little bit. Averley beat nah. Kings Lynn this evening in their replay as we speak. The winners are at home to Hornchurch. So that could be... go
2: on a Monday. That's only two days later. That's interesting. Yeah,
1: Averley always play Monday night, same as Um They're at home to Hornchurch. So that could be a good Essex derby. Yeah, um, Bath. Who are still league leaders, aren't they, in the National League? Yeah, round? they're, they're, they're yeah. just
2: above Worthing. I think they're yeah. one point above us.
1: They're away to Weymouth, which is reasonably interesting. And then poor mm. old Shepherd United, <clears throat> the top end of Kent there, are travelling to either Merthyr Town or Taunton Town, whoever wins their replay on Tuesday. But that's, a, that's a heck of a journey for That Sheffield, is indeed. Whoever, whoever they draw. And just one other I wanted to pick out as well, Cray Valley... Paper mills managed by one of my friends, Steve McKim, Replay Tuesday night against Northwood. If they get through, they're away to Carl Shorten, who sacked him in the summer after one year in charge of a two-year project. They were told at the beginning of the season. So I imagine Steve will have them bang on it tomorrow night to uh, have that opportunity to take on Carl Shorten again at the end of the month.
2: Interesting. It's. I mean, I do love the FA Cup. I mean, it does excite me because, you know, I'd love to. I mean I, I just keep on looking at Marine versus Spurs during Covid I know it's third round but like Christ that, it, just the amount of money that's done for the club you know as you know Trevor being around Worthing have got so many plans and projects for that ground you know a run to the, even the first round of the FA Cup would just sort of so much out and you know how much it does to a non-league club It'd be fantastic to see and, uh, you know, just be nice to see the BBC. I mean, Pete's not here to defend himself, but I said to him, I wonder if we, if the BBC decide to broadcast the match they got to the first round. I'm pretty sure he wouldn't be allowed to commentate. No, he
1: wouldn't.
2: Uh, he said, "He said I will be commentating. I said, oh, I don't know, BBC might say otherwise than the club. He goes, I you will won't. be commentating. I think, <laughs> I
1: think I think you'll find the BBC might need the space. A little bit more yeah. than poor old Pete's little rebel yell, unfortunately.
2: <laughs> As I say, I've been winding up all the time I, was, I will be commentating. I was like, I don't think you will, because yeah, the club to, will be fine. You'll
1: fined. have to find a corner of the stand somewhere, I think.
2: Yeah, it'll sit it will sit behind the goal. We're getting behind the goal for once tempt to enjoy the match. get yeah. Getting behind the goal. Yeah, enjoy the yeah, match for one. Have, yeah. have a week off, Pete. Yeah, have a week off and actually yeah. enjoy your football. Have a week off, like he's doing tonight.
1: Indeed.
2: Yeah, there we go. Well he said he was going to come on possibly, but he's it's nearly five to nine as we record. He's not coming on, I don't think. Neither is Chris, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep each other company. Um Worthing um, currently sitting second in the league. Um, some from Um I haven't been because of work reasons, but from what I understand is the sort of games as of late, we just haven't really been fine. We haven't had any bad results, really. Like the 1-1 against Hemel Hempstead, we, we just... What I understand is that we were just messing around with it at the edge of the box, you know, or like when we get in the box, instead of shooting they're trying to pass it out and then they pass it too much and it gets messed up. We were in their area so much. Um, they, they scored the first goal and we did Joel Cobram with a little worldy strike from the outside the area, sort of equalised. But we could have won that game and, you know, another frustration. And But we're going to get these. We're going to get these. And like, where well, she keeps saying to the fans, I'd rather be second in the league. we only really lost twice. The Braintree one, I think, was just before you recorded the last podcast, wasn't it? I think when we had lost 4-0. Um, or was it so after?
1: That was just... After, because you played Welling on the Tuesday night, which I went to, so and then was, it was yeah. then it was a Braintree game. Played, no, then you played Hemel. No, oh Hemel. Tuesday so, first, so yeah. Tuesday, so was Wednesday.
2: that after the podcast was went out? Um, was which was one, the out?
1: Hemel,
2: uh, no, the Braintree. yeah.
1: Uh, no, Brain True Braintree recorded we recorded two nights after. Didn't,
2: after okay, yeah. Days. So we've already spoken about I'm sure Pete's already spoken about Braintree one. Yeah. But yeah, that wasn't fun. And you know, but we're gonna get these and the players are all bedding in. A lot of them are signed late. We've signed Danny Cashman, you know, which I'm not sure I don't think he was signed when by the next podcast, but he's been signed in the last couple of weeks and he's a he's a player that trialled with just us. That evening, I think. Was it yeah? Oh yeah, it was when you were recording, yeah. I think, was it? Yeah. Uh he's trialed with us preseason twenty twenty one when we won the league and he signed for Coventry was loaned out to various non-league and league two clubs didn't work out got released from his contract Adam were kept in touch boom we got a brilliant player now he's a little bit match match, match unmatched fit he said he's fit but he's not match ready so he has been playing but when we played Little Hampton the other night apparently he was a player on the pitch so you know I think we've got massive things to come from him. he's only 22 big big player
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, watching the game against against Welling, like you say, you're going to have a lot of sides this year that are going to not proverbially part the bus, but they're going to have a, a, a game plan they're going to stick to. They're not going to deviate from it and credit to Welling and Danny Bloor that night. They actually absolutely sat on it for the for the entire first half right up until you scored. As soon as it's, as soon as as soon as Worthy's scored, that was when the game plan went out the window. But, um, you know, that's, that's one of the joys of being a side that, that, that is quite successful In everybody's got to find a way to beat you. And yeah. if that involves putting nine players behind the ball and that game plan is the game plan, it's, you know that then is a test of Hinch's mettle as to whether he can break everybody down.
2: Yeah. And also it was interesting when Danny Bloor comes out and says in a post-match interview, he thinks we're going to win the league. That's an interesting comment from Danny Bloor. And Danny Bloor's been around the National South and this level of football for a long time. So no matter what people love him or hate him, uh, he is a definitely non-league character. But, um, you know, he does speak sense sometimes. He knows what he's talking about. So we'll take that. We'll take that and run with it. Um, but, yeah, Worthing's doing very well at the moment. Uh, South Shield's doing very well as well. Uh, Chris ain't here to talk about them. Um, but from looking at their results lately, I think they've been playing very well. Read in the National League paper that they, uh, the non-league paper, sorry, that um, they didn't play their best game in the FA Cup on Saturday versus I think it was Step 8 or something or uh, their team they were playing um,
1: yeah, Bishop Auckland, they? Bishop step, Auckland. Step, step 5 or
2: 6 Step 5 or 6 yeah five, so, seven, yeah. Yeah, so they, they, they scored quite late on I think to sort of secure those points uh, secure the next round but maybe they just took took Obviously, it's, it's a cup cup final for Bishop Portland against a big team locally um, and fair play to them. And they only won 2-0, I think it was Shields. So it would have been interesting to have Chris on to see what he thought about that, because from the review and what I've seen online, they weren't the best. But a win's a win. Sometimes you've got a scrappy, you've got to get a scrappy win. And they're riding quite well in the National League North. They have seemed to have taken to it very well, I'd say, in a similar form to what Worthing did last season fully expected, and Chris said he fully expects them to do quite well this season, whether they can continue that. They will go through a bad patch, all teams do. Um, but we'll wait and see, because um, as you know, it's a kind of like our northern club, isn't it?
1: In it, just Now, a cracking start for the Shield so far. Cup's all about getting through, isn't it? Be, yeah. Be putting the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, put in the bag, get a nice draw in the next round, try and get yourself through to that first round, get one of the football league uh, big boys at home and um, Get a TV game, bit more money, and everyone's laughing, aren't they? Yeah,
2: I would love a TV game. Right, I think um we move on from our clubs. And what was what you called yesterday,
1: Trevor? Sacking Sunday.
2: Sacking Sunday, right. Without further ado, let's see. How many managers got sacked yesterday? Have you written it down? Because I'm going through our Twitter. Got four. So we had
1: David Unsworth at but... Oldham. Yeah. Tim Flowers at Gloucester. Yeah. Uh, Andy worshipberry yeah, and who's the guy? At Alf Church. Alf Church. In the group. Um, I can't think of his <laughs> name
2: now. Alf Church it? was uh Stephen. De- uh, no, so it was Ian Long.
1: That was it. Yeah, that's the four I had yesterday. I don't think there were any more, but it wouldn't su- wouldn't surprise me.
2: Yeah, so that's four managers on a Sunday. What what's going on? Why 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 so September? Is it too early? Is it too soon? Is it the right time?
1: Do you know what I've written a program column for one of the clubs this week to go into the program on Saturday exactly on this point because um, uh, actually uh, we've got asked I've got asked the question on Twitter me and a couple of others um, what you know is it too early? I I always thought the benchmark was around ten games you've got thirty points on offer if you've not got quite what you expected in that point then you've still got enough of the season to turn turn things around and I think if Alan worked in 10 games then I think you probably got good you got probably better reason than clubs that were just you know getting rid of managers after four or five games but <laughs> neither um neither Fla- uh, flowers or Unsworth made 10 league games flowers made 10 games in total if you count the FA Cup yesterday which is what cost him his job but um, I think Unsworth has been on a hiding to nothing since day one of the season when they got hammered 4-0 at South End.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um it I, I I personally I can see it from both sides. I think it I think personally it's a little bit too early. But then I Charlton sat their manager. I know it's not non-league, but Charlton sat their manager like just the beginning of September, mm-hmm. you know, after losing I think five on the trot, which wasn't good. Um I don't know. I, it's a hard thing because you sack them now. You try and rebuild, and you push, or you wait till Christmas. You wait till a couple of months. It's almost too late. Can you turn it around in that period of time to do something that season? Obviously, the clubs are quite ambitious, all of them. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, if you look at if you if you look at Unsworth, I thought when Oldham appointed him, I thought, sorry, you got the wrong one there. You, you know, to 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 manage in the national league, you've got to have either the experience yourself of managing at that level or one below. Yeah. Or you've got to have a coaching staff that know non-league inside out. If you don't, you going to hide it. It doesn't matter how much money you've got, how many players you signed, as they did again this summer. And, you know, I thought at the same time, go and prove me wrong. It took a while at the end of last season and I thought they had a good run of form. And I thought, okay, I think he's now got the gist of it and understands it. And the players yeah. they signed in the summer, um, again, suggested that, He's given him a decent budget and they should be rightly talked about in the top top three or four and then to start the season the way the way they had and hearing rumors from other people the last couple of weeks that it hasn't been pretty up there and then for him to refuse to speak to mash the bromley supporter after the game on saturday you know just says it all really you, you want to say he's out of his depth, but I don't think he was even that. He just wasn't. He wasn't swimming in the same pool. I don't. Think. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't. I I wasn't surprised to see him go. Maybe surprised actually taken another two couple of games longer. Flowers, mm-hmm. I think, was a. You were know, never a what?
2: fan of flowers, were you? And even when he was at Barnet, you thought it was a wrong management appointment.
1: Well, he, he was. Well, thing is, he, he had the he should have come in before Peter Beadle did, didn't? Tony went for the cheap option. Flowers comes in two months later, but then the damage is already done because we've we've shopped at Aldi and Lidl instead of Waitrose. And <laughs> his style of play though, everyone knows what you're gonna get with Tim. And even two or three years down the line, exactly the same style people were saying he was employing um in this, you know, in, in that level of football. A mistake to bring him in. Maybe you know you hoped again. Maybe he's he's, he's learned, changed, changed some of his philosophy so it works. Didn't? Not surprisingly He's you know he's paid he's paid for it with his job. Um, Gloucester can't afford to be where they are. They're you know re- they're very very well supported for a National League North side as well. So yeah, they deserve a little bit better. Andy Welsh. Um, you know someone put on Twitter yesterday that budget. Da, 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 da. got to be expected to be winning the league no if football was that easy we'd all be football managers wouldn't we and we'd all be winning leagues um, you know I think as well I think some clubs are impatient and I think some of that's come from those two or three years where we had a curtailed season and then we had no season finish for, for a lot of the clubs as well, well. wasn't
2: that just a dream I thought it was a dream or a nightmare
1: <laughs> do you know what it feels? It, it feels like it was actually longer than a couple of years ago but I no, think it does, some doesn't clubs that. have got that little bit of impatience from mm. there that they're two years behind where they wanted to be, which I can appreciate. But as someone else put it as well, you've only got one league winner and one playoff winner in non-league all the way. To, all the still way needs to
2: change, there. and I was I was disappointed it hasn't by now. We as we thought we'd really change, but it's still has gone very
1: quiet again, hasn't it? A little bit, yeah. So I feel a little bit for um for uh, Andy Andy Welsh, but again, you know. They're ambitious berry, they're back at Gig Lane mm. just playing in front of massive, massive crowds for the level that they're at. Mm-hmm. You know, a bit of victim of, of success maybe. Um mm. and then Ian Lloyd at Alf Church, absolute legend. I think 20, 20, 20 years he's been there, something like that, I wanna say. Um
2: Time for you know, a change, freshen yeah, it up, new yeah. ideas.
1: Paul have done the same. Paul, Paul Town did the same two weeks ago. Uh, Tommy Killick was there for about 20 years as well. Kind of
2: what Hornchurch, Hornchurch did as well.
1: Hornchurch, Mark Stimpson, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, it happens. And again, I think some of that, some of it is a little bit of impatience, I think, to mm. get where they want to be. And I can understand wanting to make up for the lost ground, but there's no guarantee that whoever comes in in any of those clubs is going to do any better than the person there. And, and as you say, is is ten games enough? Is it fifteen? You know, twenty. I think is too far because half the season's gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's difficult to say where where do you draw the line.
2: Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It'll be interesting to see who replaces them. Is there any front runners that we've seen? Um,
1: Oldham, I've seen quite a few names banded around.
2: Big name. Car-
1: I've seen the Cowley brothers, Darren. Yeah. yeah. Who's at Bristol Rovers? Led them up. Uh, back up after they they came down.
2: I can see uh, the Cowleys.
1: Yeah, Mickey Mickey Mellon's another one, but I think he's been out. A, he's been out the game long enough, and I know he's managed in the National League before. But you know, game game moves on every year. Yeah. So, it's attractive. Whoever wants that job, it's attractive. You know, you're playing in mm. crowds of five thousand plus every week there mm. at home. They travel well away. Mm-hmm. Big job, T- um, Gloucester. I guarantee as well that Patrick knows who he wants, whether he can get into another match. I've seen a few names banded around for them. Just a couple couple I'd heard of Lee Mansell, who was there mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago. Um, somebody's mentioned Bobby Wilkinson's name as well because he managed for Patrick at Hungerford. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I guess it's who, who, who's available? Berry. No doubt there's going to be. You know, massive, massive applications there. Alf Church are a solid Southern League side as well. And, you know, Eastleigh still haven't appointed a manager yet.
2: Yeah, it's definitely been interesting. Hopefully we'll find out by the next episode we record in a couple of weeks' time. Um, Trevor, we also noted today Norwich United. I mean, we don't really know much about them, but from what I've read, death threats, secret cameras, punches against the manager... Are we watching WWE here? AEW <laughs> or are we watching non-league football? Because yeah, they're not not a big set club, but they folded. Uh left the East Anglian combined counties league or something, whatever it is. Eastern
1: Counties League. Eastern
2: Counties League. Yeah. Um and there's not really much information. Conflicted stories, but very, very bizarre. And I know you said you tried to follow it, just couldn't follow. <laughs> you just it was yeah, so random I'll, and gobbledygook. Oh,
1: I've seen a I've seen a few bits over the last couple of weeks. Funny enough, I actually watched Norwich United um, two years ago, I think, up at Roxham, which is known, which is the Broadlands Derby, yeah, went to two are based on the on the Norfolk Broads. Um, and that was only two years ago, and I wasn't there's any inkling of anything going along, going along here. But yeah, I tried tried to follow a little bit over the last couple of weeks as it's come up on Twitter, and to, it was difficult to work out who was doing what, what was doing who. Who's the culprit? Who's the victim? And what on earth was actually going on? And I think for it to get to the point it's got to now, where the club's, you know, d- dissolved itself from the from the Eastern Counties League. Um, yeah, that's amazing, amazing chain of events in inside two years. It. But yeah, it's 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 crazy when you see something like that. And you think, hang on, we're, we're all human beings here as well. Yeah. What's, What's got it to that point that someone's really out for something against someone else like that? Yeah.
2: Knocking a manager out and stuff, it seems crazy, but
1: it's, yeah, I don't know, it is it is bizarre. Um if I had more time in a day, I could pick up every single story and know exactly what's going on everywhere, but yeah, that's just mad. It's,
2: time, yeah. it's crazy bad. and a weird point to leave it on. But yeah, have you got any shout outs before we go?
1: Um no. No. <laughs> no, everyone. <laughs> Um, shout out no. to the
2: referee! Shout out to the referee's dad, who's had to stand over the fence at Arundel because <laughs> he couldn't pay six quid to get in, something like that. Um, no, um, right. Um, once again, thank you to Ross for letting us put a uh, prestigious name of tackle this together. He's actually just emailed me. I don't know if he's emailed all of us, Trev, but he said uh, he didn't actually realise it was sponsorship for the season, <laughs> oh, really? and he said he's absolutely flattered and honoured. So Ross, it's, it's all you, mate. It's all- he thought it was an episode sponsorship. I was like, no, 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 no. no. Well, maybe so- we could do that
1: next year, couldn't we? Selling. A- Sell an episode
2: sponsorship. Yeah, yeah. If anyone wants to sponsor an episode, we, we take uh we take PayPal, we take beer tokens, yeah, something like that. We'll, we'll like get that.
1: Or, or, yeah, or or a free ticket to your home game. We'll 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 come and do our PNLP or, bit from
2: there. Yeah. Oh, again, we we you know we'd we'd look at if, if you like the PNLP live last year. Well, not if you're only there because no one knows otherwise because it didn't record very well. <laughs> we'll learn from our lessons. But if you if you wanted to, if you're listening, you'd like our club to if you like us to host a live podcast from your club bring some people in we'd very happily do it and um you know we'd love to get our name out there i mean we'd love to do one up north but i think logistics for us it's going to be better to do in sussex or surrey or hampshire or something like that but yeah, if you've Ken, um Ken, I think about the Ken, roads, you? yeah we can really go because it's got on a school night but um mm-hmm. if you are interested do get in touch with us at you know at the pnlp um we're all on our social media um trev it's been good to have a little chat with you tonight and uh I will see you. Um, well, I don't think I'll see you in the next couple of weeks, but I'll see you in a couple of weeks' time for the next yeah. podcast. <laughs> um, and we will be loving non league wherever we are. Where are you going this so uh, Well, we're going tomorrow night, but we'll get ourselves out Friday. So Tuesday night gone, you would have gone to a Barnaby game. Anything this yeah, weekend?
1: The um, I'm actually going up with Pete Stone tomorrow evening, the ex chairman of Worthing. Friend, yeah, um,
2: of those. what about um at the weekend with um because we we're now in the present tense we can't do you're talking to the past tense we you are. went with Pete Stone I went on with Tuesday Pete
1: Stone on Tuesday to Barnet Aldershot and hopefully we've uh we, we've recovered from the week Sat- I mean Saturday. I could cut
2: it couldn't I? I could say we won yeah
1: or we lost yeah we won we lost yeah cut 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 Saturday I'm a little undecided about whether I fancy another trip to the Hive two in a week's a bit. The travel, obviously, for me is mm. five hours each. You know, yeah, so, that drive um, ain't fun, in it? So, more than likely, I'll head to Hayes Lane mm-hmm. and uh, see Neil Smith and his cray Wanderer Side against Chesson.
2: Don't fancy coming down to Maidstone with us,
1: Rebels. No, I saw Maidstone last week. But I don't need yeah. to see them again two weeks running. There you, of, there you go. There you go. Well, we're very kind we're... of you, but a, but a beer with with uh, with Smudger and Tosh. I'm
2: trying I'm trying to I'm trying to sell the last ten tickets on our supporters many oh, coach. And I did and I did Maidstone twice last
1: year,
2: so cool beans, but anyway I'm trying to sell ten tickets left so if you want to come to a Worthing it's game, deba- departure me. departing Woodside Road at ten thirty on Saturday, take you down it's to 30, Christ,
1: probably leave about
2: twelve o'clock. So you yeah, might. but we take the players, don't we, as well. So um anyway, Trev screen good to see you. We'll see you in a couple of weeks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Yes. Do share our podcast, pass it on to a friend, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks.